Hello, everybody, and welcome back. It is the most beautiful time of the week where it's time we talk a little bit of golf uh, here on the Bunker Boys podcast. Um, Slade is fresh off his vacation. Uh, we had a great tournament over the weekend, uh, so a lot to talk about from the Masters. Uh, everything from Tiger's return to Scheffler just whooping everybody's ass. Um, so let's get, let's get right into it. Well, first of all, Slade, how's how's your vacation? Tell us all about Disneyland. Oh, it was great. I had gone to the Florida version when I was younger, and I think that I had much more fun at the uh, California version this past week. I have been to neither so far. So uh, when I when I told Hannah that you went there, she was like, uh, "We need to go," and I was like, "Yeah, I know." Um, <laughs> one day, one day we'll get there. Um, without further ado, let's get right into the Masters coverage. Uh, I mean, we we got to get out of the way right away. Um, let's talk about Tigers. Tigers return. Slade, what are your thoughts? Uh, in your eyes, uh, did he exceed your expectations, uh, fall short, uh, so on and so forth? Let's get your thoughts first. Yeah, so I, I thought that he did really good opening up on Thursday. Um, I think that it was sort of what we expected from Tiger based on how he's responded from his previous injuries, surgeries, whatnot. But um, just as the as the weekend went on, it kind of you could tell that those long days of play are taking a toll on his body. You know, he's just not completely recovered yet, at least in my eyes. What What did you think? Yeah, no, I I absolutely agree. Um, he looked really really good on on Thursday, uh, a lot better than I thought he would. Um, but yeah, like you said, you could definitely tell just overall that you know his his fatigue was was starting to catch up to him. Um, Saturday and Sunday especially, you could tell he was using his clubs more to help, almost like a walking stick to help him get around. Um, which, I mean, I don't think anybody expected him to come in, in in perfect health. I mean, obviously he said he's been practicing a lot and all this other stuff, but dude has rods in his legs and all this other stuff. Um, but nonetheless, I was I was just really happy to see him back on the course. And he did make a couple really good shots, um, you know, especially when to, well, we're going to talk about here in a minute, uh, with with the weather and stuff on Friday and Saturday, um, I feel like he did the best he could. I mean, you saw how many like how the rest of the field overall just struggled. Um, mm-hmm. But nonetheless, I mean, it was awesome to see him make the cut. I was genuinely a little surprised. Um, I mean, I I think I had said this last week, so I shouldn't say I was surprised. But um, once he made the cut, and you know, he expressed, I believe it was Saturday when he was done about how much pain he was in and stuff. Um, I was optimistic or skeptical, I, I should say. But yeah, so just overall, I mean, it was really good to see him uh, come back out on Sunday and, and stick it out. Um, he got the you know the, the finish he deserved. He, after everything he went through all weekend, he deserved to finish that tournament. Uh, so I was just really glad that he got to do that. Um, yeah, moving on, uh, like we just mentioned, uh, Friday and Saturday, the weather was horrible. Um, started off Friday morning was fine, but as the, the day crept on, we got to the early afternoon. Um, and it was, it was forecasted to be like this. The wind really picked up. They had a gust, I believe I said up in, um, like the 30 mile an hour range, um, which is not very cooperative for golf. Um, say what we'll get your opinion real quick. What was your, uh, your thoughts on when, when the weather hit on both days and how some of the guys in the field responded to it? Yeah. I think like you had said that, um, it was really interesting to see that everyone was dealt the same weather for the most part, crazy winds and everything, kind of similar to 
how it was, what, three weeks ago that they had to deal with all of the weather. Um, I was really, really surprised by um, Siwoo Kim, who had shot a 70 on Friday when the weather had started up, and then continued to have a, a good day on Saturday. He, he didn't have a first or fourth really good round, but that was someone that really caught my eye to perform in the, the weather there. Yeah, um, it it was it was funny. You saw all the guys in the morning rushing to get the, their rounds done, knowing that the weather was coming in behind them. Um, but it it was also refreshing to see like really big names get caught out by the weather. Um, now some of them struggled off the start on Thursday, um, but you had a couple of guys out there. I I think Spieth was the biggest one where you could just tell like the weather was just kicking his ass and he couldn't do anything about it basically and. Um, not that it screwed him because I mean it, at that point one you're at the Masters and two like you should be expecting that you have to play in adverse weather. Um, mm-hmm. but like I said, just re- refreshing to see some of these guys get caught out like that. Um, and you know some of them handled it well and uh, others didn't, and that's that's what makes professional golf professional golf is uh, how well can you you handle all these other things. Um. With with that weather, who do you feel? Because I mean, Friday, we, I think everyone's eyeballs were realistically on Tiger, you know, mm-hmm. and everyone was just like we had said, really um, glad that he was out there playing and he was playing good golf. Um, who who surprised you the most out of the field then for um, the uh, the weekend? Overall, I would I'd probably have to say like. I'm going to give a surprise in two different ways. The surprise at how bad they did, I would probably say Brooks Koepka. Um, I mean, everybody talks about how, like, yeah, he'll struggle at some other tournaments, but when it comes to the majors, he's, like, always on point. I didn't expect him to really compete for the win, um, but I expected him to at least have his name up there. And he missed the cut by, I want to say, like, four or five shots. Um, so he would be my surprise on the bad end. On the good end, um, and I had, I again, we're going to talk about it here in a minute. I am going to say Hideki. Um, he came in. He just withdrawn from the tournament the week before. Uh, he had to withdraw from the players uh, because of all these injuries and stuff. And um, obviously, Augusta is one of the most demanding courses out there. Um, so I, I expected him, first of all, to withdraw. Um, but also, if he didn't, to completely miss the cut. Um he went out there on Friday. I believe he was up to second on the leaderboard. Um, then Saturday, with with the weather again and stuff, he kind of struggled. Sunday, he didn't have a terrible round. Um, but nonetheless, I think overall, he, it was surprising how well he did. Yeah, I agree. Both of those. Um, I mean, Brooke Kep- Brooks Kepka was on my fantasy team, so he really screwed me there, not performing for the first time there at the at one of the uh, big tournaments. Um, and like you had said. Uh, just just incredible play by Hideki. I think if I had to pick two, uh, my first one would be, in terms of like bad play for a little bit, it would be Justin Thomas in his opening round. I mean, he was out there for a week early with Tiger playing, and to open up with a 76 was just really hard to watch, especially because, I mean, he's, he's not recovering from an injury. Uh, he's not on like the butt end of his career or anything like that. And Tiger outperformed him 
on opening day at the Masters. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that my surprising and good would be all of the pressure that we talked about last week on Rory. And, I mean, he had a mediocre, like he just had an average um, Thursday, Friday. And then Saturday, he shot par. And then Sunday, he turned it on and shot a 64 for the final round, which is just ridiculous. Yeah, uh, that was absolutely absurd. Um, so I, I, everybody was talking, like, if, if you just take away that, that first round, um, and you could tell, like, Saturday and, and Sunday, he approached it with, like, a kind of like a I don't give a shit attitude. And we've mm-hmm. seen that out of him before, and that's usually when he tends to play his best golf, which is, <laughs> I mean, it, when, when you just don't care about, like, your bad shots, not that he didn't care, but when you're able to just, wipe the slate off and just and just focus on your next shot uh, and just keep it rolling um i mean it, it it definitely helps a lot in the mental aspect of the game but if if he could at least put up like a half decent effort on on thursday um i definitely think the pressure on shuffler would have been a lot more especially if he four puts the final hole like he did um, yeah, I mean, and that's that's the hard part. Looking at the final score, it looks like Rory only lost by three strokes. But in reality, Scheffler's just out there screwing everyone's total yeah, score card. Screwed me out of money. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, but it was really great to see Rory. That's that's his best finish at the Masters uh, by far. Well, his his holdout on eighteen, along with Morikawa, was awesome to mm-hmm. see. Um, Crazy. Yeah. So I mean, I don't. Hopefully, next year's the year for him. Uh, he really does deserve the slam, um, and it would be really cool to see him get that. Um, real quick, we're going to talk about some of the key names that missed the cut this week. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau uh, missed the cut again after calling Augusta a par 67 for him. Uh, Brooks Kepka, as we mentioned, Sam Burns, and Jordan Spieth, uh, the big names. Uh, Louis Ostracizen also... Well, technically, he missed the cut, but he withdrew after the first day due to an injury. Uh, I don't know if he was really hurt. I think that just the pressure playing with Tiger got to him. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but yeah. no, ho- hopefully he gets better soon. Um, but yeah, everybody knew coming in that DeChambeau was struggling with his injuries. It had been noted, apparently, that doctors had told him, like, listen, don't do it. Um, but he tried to stick it out uh, and just had an awful, awful time on the course. Um, Kepka, uh, Thursday, he just, I don't think he could find any rhythm. Uh, and then going into Friday, he was one of the last groups. So he got caught out by the weather and I don't know, it was almost like a, a replay of the, the players championship where, uh, he knew there was basically nothing he could do at that point and just kind of wrote it. Um, but yeah. And then speed. Yeah. I, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. No, 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 you're good. No, you go. I insist. Okay. So. With with Bryson DeChambeau, like you had said, calling it a par, a par. What do you say, a par sixty-seven or something? Yeah, he he said with with his length and stuff off the like with his with his shots, uh, Augusta's more like a par sixty-seven. Yeah, and he he shot a plus twelve in his two rounds. <laughs> yeah, which is ridiculous. <laughs> he shot yeah he shot plus four the first day and a plus eight the second day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like you said, he's dealing with injury. Yeah, but I I think. So he made that comment in, I want to say it was 2019. And since then, I I think he's shot one round at par below. I think he's like plus 20 or something like that. But they said if they would have used like his 
so the the par sixty seven, he'd be like plus ninety five, and I just laughed. I was like, that's just hysterical. <laughs> um, moving on, another uh, we didn't mention this with the surprises, but um, after his performance last year, I don't think we should have been surprised. Will Zalatoris um seems to just love Augusta and love playing at the Masters. Um, last year finishes second as as a as his debut year at the Masters. And then this year, uh, another top five finish for him. Uh, kid just absolutely loves to play there, uh, especially when he gets to Saturday and Sunday. He seems to just find another gear around that course. Uh, wasn't really ever close to sniffing the lead or anything like that, but just played really solid golf over the weekend, uh, and at least kept his name on the leaderboard. Um, and you know, close to the top. Uh, but the way Scheffler was playing, it was just <laughs> nobody was catching him. But uh, do you have any thoughts on, on Willie Z's play? Yeah, I think that he was one of the people on my fantasy team that helped me get a squeak of win out this week. I think him and Rory both really helped me with their weekend play. So, uh, I, I like you, I think that we missed uh, mentioning that he really performs here, but he definitely helped me out this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tied sixth, by the way, not tied for fifth. That's my fault. But, yeah, um... Shoots five under in the fourth round uh, to finish three under for the for the entire tournament. Um, just crazy numbers from him. Um, and we, we've put it off long enough. Uh, let's talk about Scotty Scheffler. Um, we knew he's been on a hot streak. Uh, but Slay, what, what are your thoughts on just the way he played all weekend um, and just the, the utter dominance he had? Yeah, I think that... Um... It was easy to see that Thursday morning he was he was there to continue to assert his dominance over the past month and a half. I mean, they said that before this year he hadn't had a win on the PGA Tour. He had like 70 starts. He had earned a total of $2 million at that time. And since then, he's now won four of his last six starts. He has won $15 million just this year. And just ridiculous play that he's been showing these last couple of weeks. Yeah, they said it, like they they posted the other day about you know the history of like the top money earners in a year, and Scotty Scheffler's already in like well within the top ten on that list. I think he's inside the top five, and they were like, yeah, know, but how close is everyone to Tiger? Yeah, two thousand one. And it's like, um, but he's already in the top five, and it's like. We're only halfway through the year already, and it's it's just that's yeah. I think that he's easily going to get up there. Yeah, um, but yeah, I I first of all, it was very cool to see. Uh, I laughed. I think it was, I can't remember if it was Friday or Saturday now, where he kept taking the vest on and off. Like he would take a shot, Mm -hmm. put the vest back on, walk to his ball, take it off, take a shot, and put it back. I was I was just laughing at that. Um, yeah, that was Friday. I think when the wind had started to pick up. Um. But a very cool thing about Scottish Scheffler is, is his openness with with the fans and the media. Um, it was right after the, the round Sunday. He basically said that he woke up Sunday morning and just bawled um, because mm-hmm. he was so anxious. He didn't think he was ready for that moment. Um, it's very refreshing to see that from, especially somebody who's you know become the number one golfer in the world to to have that humility about him still. And it, I I enjoyed that at at, at least. Um, so very happy for him. Great tournament. Um, he had, oh my, I just I think back to um, Saturday evening uh, watching him finish up. Um, 
just beautiful shots. Didn't let anything phase him. Uh, Smith was charging him. Didn't care. Um, and then Sunday, you watch Cam Smith fall apart, and he just continued to just – he wasn't trying to do anything spectacular. He wasn't trying to make ridiculous shots. Um, he just kept playing his game, and that's what got him to the end. Um, and then just walks out of there with a with a three stroke victory, which is again, if you could at least if you would have just three putted, I would have been fine. The fourth putt is what killed me. <laughs> um, but, yeah, there's there was a lot of people upset because I think that the total was like two seventy seven and a half, and so like they're like easily he's easily got this. He's got what like five feet <laughs> and. And uh, then he four putts it to go to turn in a two seventy eight on the card, which <laughs> just sent everyone on the internet. Yeah, like I I just needed him. I, so the bet on the day was I think I had him shooting under a seventy. I needed him to shoot under seventy. I think I needed Justin Thomas to shoot over a seventy. And so which hit? Yeah. yeah. So he he shot a seventy one. I was like perfect. Mm-hmm. And then Sheffer's finishing. He came up, and if he would have sank the first putt, I think it would have been a 68, and then it would have been a 69. And I was like, okay, please make the third putt, and he missed it. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Oh, was, I was heated. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, at the end of the day, he's still the master champion, um, and his million-dollar, X amount of million dollars he just won uh, pales in comparison to the $5 I lost, so. Uh, <laughs> that wraps up our Masters review. We're going to have a little bit of news, uh, and then, as always, we'll get into our FedEx Cup Top 10 and let you know what the tournament, granted, has already started, uh, but we'll go over what's going on this weekend. And um, first thing up in the news is, we, as we mentioned, DeChambeau is injured, uh, but he's going to be having surgery on his left wrist. Uh, it is unclear how long he will be out for, uh, but we wish him a speedy recovery. And hope they can play a little bit better when he gets back and not shoot plus eight on a on a cut day. Yeah, that that was definitely uh difficult to watch for sure. Um, do you see any big news coming out of him during this surgery? I know what you're getting in terms at. of like uh in terms honestly, of like our next topic. Yeah, honestly, I. Uh, why don't you go ahead and just set up the next topic, and then we we can discuss that because I have some thoughts about him going there. Yeah, so like we found out shortly after the tournament on Sunday, then uh, that the Saudi Golf League is gonna actually be getting some big names going their way. Um, Ian Poulter, uh, Bubba Watson, Lee Westwood, and Kevin Na are expected to announce that they're joining the Saudi Golf League here shortly, which is just crazy i mean i in terms of the people that have these four guys i kind of understand it just because like ian poulter's older Bubba watson on the the uh longer end of his career same with with the uh, lee westwood kevin na is kind of a, a newer name to the pga so that was a little bit more surprising but with the money that they've been offering to some of these guys i mean they could literally play like two seasons and just not play on television again. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this? Um, yeah, kind of like you said, Ian Poulter, Bubba, and Lee Westwood, uh, not really surprising. But at the same time, if if the only people going over to the Saudi Golf League are going to be older players, like Phil's going uh, apparently, and, and we have Ian Poulter and Bubba, 
why would I go watch that? Like, I, I enjoy watching, and listen, I, I probably will watch some of the events, and I'm not saying I won't. I'm just saying, um, why are you, and of course, we have Kevin Na now, and I do think DeChambeau's going to go. Um, he, I don't think he's going to turn out like that, that kind of money. Um, so, I mean, as of now, there's two young guys, uh, and of course, I don't know the full list, and there's still people rumored to be going, and people that, you know, we don't know if they're going or not, etc. Um, I don't know. I, I just kind of feel weird that it's mostly all the older guys, which I'm. I also understand their point though, because they're going to go get that money that, you know, they're struggling to make in the in the league now. Um, Ian Poulter. Do you, yeah, go ahead. Have you heard how it's going to be televised? Like, is it going to be pay per view? Like, how how is this? How do how do they obviously? Um, that area of the world has a lot of money. So it's not hard to like put the cash up and offer it to these guys, you know. But how do they expect to make the money back? Like, ha- like guaranteed, you know. Yeah. Um, I haven't heard anything about it being pay per view or on TV. I know they have announced their four events or whatever. Um, and yeah, I'm honestly not 100 sure, 100 sure on how it's. I would assume it would be on on free TV, or at least cable. Yeah. Um. It'd be very hard. I mean, that seems like the best idea because they're just looking to gain traction. I mean, let's be honest. Their ultimate goal was to try and be the PGA Tour. Like, they want to be as big, get the same amount of contracts, money, advertisement, all that, you know? Yeah. I could see it, like, TNT. Uh, I think that mm-hmm. – because they do a lot of, like, the, the matches and stuff when you get, like – we've had Phil and Brady versus Rogers and DeChambeau, and we had – Brooks and DeChambeau last year, like they do a lot of that stuff. So I can honestly see TNT uh, being the place for them to go. Uh, but yeah, I I I would I think it would be it would kill them if if they did all pay per view. Because again, like mm-hmm. yeah, it's cool if you have like a couple big names. But like I said, most of these guys going over there, like some of the older guys, and at that point, I wouldn't pay to watch that on TV. Like I, if an event was near me, depending on how much that cost, yeah, I'd probably go check it out. Um, but I'm not gonna. I don't even pay to watch like UFC fights or anything like that at this point. It it would take a lot to get me to buy a pay per view match, um, especially like I said with a lot of these older guys. So, um, I don't know. I I just think it'd be really weird for them to do a pay per view. I really think uh like T TBS or TNT would be a perfect fit for them. Um, yeah, I agree. But that wraps up our news. Uh, right, real quick, we'll get into the FedEx Cup top ten here. A um, couple changes here, especially at the bottom. Uh, in tenth place now, we have Colin Morikawa moving up uh, with nine hundred and twenty-two points. Uh, Rory McIlroy moves up to ninth with nine hundred and eighty-six points. Uh, Sung J M is in eighth with one thousand and fifty-one points. Victor Hovland in seventh with one thousand one hundred and nine. Tom Hodge in sixth with 1,186 points. Taylor Gooch moves up to fifth with 1,195 points. Hideki Matsuyama in fourth with 1,376. Sam Burns is in third with 1,390. Cameron Smith is in second with 1,554. And Scotty Scheffler now has a lead over 1,000 points. Uh, with 2,770 points. Just crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 
I like I knew we I knew he was probably gonna get to the thousand points eventually, but I mean it, it's it's over twelve hundred. It's not just over a thousand. It's over twelve hundred, which is insane. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't know if the FedEx if the regular season winner of the FedEx Cup gets anything. I don't remember that from last year. Um, but I mean the way he's he's playing this year, he's gonna be hard to stop once they get to the FedEx Cup playoffs, regardless. So. Yeah, I mean, one thing that we have to start doing is somehow, like, anything else that you, me, or Nick try and get behind money-wise just fails. But somehow, Scotty Scheffler, since we've been recording, has been on a tear. I mean, we just, if we would bet on him every week, we'd be up so much money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I, I will take one loss um, right. of, of, like, five bucks, and then two tournaments later, you win that money back and, like, triple, so... Yeah. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. No, you're good. I don't have anything else. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I think uh, a really great list of ten guys there that you had mentioned. I I think we had just talked about Scotty Scheffler and his uh twelve hundred point lead now. And I think the other name that pops out just because I completely trashed him last week is Hideki Matsuyama because he really did have a great tournament this past weekend. Yeah, and I <laughs> we we apologize to Hideki. Um, <laughs> both of us. I mean. I don't think yeah. we necessarily we just didn't give him any chance, and he went out there and, and proved us very, very wrong. Which I mean, great for him. It was great to see that, like the defending champion, um, you know, challenge as much as he did. Like I said, going into Saturday, he looked really good. Um, it just I think the weather finally got to him a little bit and and caused his game to struggle. Because Sunday he came out, um, didn't have his greatest round, but I mean, again, he still played really well. Um, so. It was great. I'd rather be proven wrong about that than, you know, hype somebody up so much and then they go out and they, they shit the bed. So, Did you see the cool news about his uh, his translator? His translator was the first person now ever that wasn't a champion that got to be at the champion's dinner. I did see that. That was very cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, well-deserved. Everybody was making fun of him, though. Because um, Sunday after the Masters... Uh, they got done, and he kind of just sat there awkwardly, and you could tell he's like looking off to the side, and everybody's like, "What's going on?" And it's like they forget. Like, yeah, he does speak English, but not very well. And so he was right. looking over to my guess is he was looking over to his interpreter for like the cues of like when to stand up. And nonetheless, mm-hmm. every every interaction when they're in the cabin and they do the jacket for the first time has always been super super weird. Uh, right. So that was... none of these guys have ever had to do that before the first <laughs> like before that situation. Right. Nobody comes up after they just lost the tournament to congratulate and put a jacket on the guy that just beat them. <laughs> well, the, well, the best was uh, Jordan Spieth the year after he won. I forget who he finished second, but I forget who beat him. Uh, and he puts the jacket on him and just glared at him for like a solid thirty seconds, and then finally just kind of like shuffled <laughs> off screen. It was it was super awkward, but it was super funny to watch. Was it Patrick Reed? I think it was. I think that's what. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Which I mean, I wouldn't be happy if I had to put a jacket on Patrick Reed. Right. Either, so. Um, yeah, it's just. I was. Yeah, I thought that was really cool that that like in all of the tradition of the champions dinner that his translator is the first one that got to have like the sit down meal with all of these distinguished people that have played golf. You know. Yeah. Um. Which I mean, <laughs> that's something that that guy will never forget, and I am very right. jealous. I sh- should have studied Japanese in college. Maybe that, that could have been me. <laughs> um. But Slay, why don't you tell us what's going on this weekend and where where the the PGA Tour is headed? 
Yeah, so um, this week we are at the RBC Heritage, which is in South Carolina this week, right? Yes, sir. Um, Harbor Town, South Carolina. Yeah, so the defending champ is Stuart, yeah, sorry, Stuart Sink, who uh, actually drained a hole in one last weekend. Um, it, it's, it's a really great course. It's a par 71. There's a lot of great holes. I think, I, I think my favorite hole is uh, the one par three where there's two trees, and like every time someone gets up to tee off, basically the announcer's like, all they have to do here is hit it through the two uprights. It's like, okay, we heard it for the last 12 guys. Like, you don't have to keep saying it. <laughs> yeah. Um, they definitely find some ways to, to drag some of that commentary out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, the source sink uh, hole-in-one on, it was Thursday, I want to say. Uh, that was awesome to see. Uh, I, I love how his son's his caddy. Uh, and mm-hmm. getting to watch those two interact all the time is, is very cool to see. Um, yeah, it's it's only... Only four and a half hours away from me. I might, I might have to drive down there and check it out. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a great tournament this weekend. Uh, a lot of, a lot of big names. I was actually surprised how many big names we did our, our fantasy golf draft last night. I was surprised how many big names are actually playing in this, uh, especially Cameron Smith. Um, I, if I was in his shoes, I probably would have taken the week off. Um, having that, you know, the struggles he had on Sunday, like uh, just t- take a week off, go relax. But then again. I know he's taken the last few weeks off before the Masters uh, to be with his family, so he probably just wants to get back in the golf and, and play. Um, but nonetheless, I think it's going to be a, a great tournament. Uh, and should set up for a great finish on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It's going to be a great weekend of play. Um, I think the the only hope that I have that we didn't get to talk about last week just because he, he wasn't eligible to play in the Masters was Ricky Fowler, I mean, I'm just hoping that he's able to get some good play to go in this season. I mean, he's had a couple of rounds where he's able to shoot par or one or two under, but then, I mean, the next day he goes out and shoots three or four over, and it just kind of kind of hurts the ego, I'm sure. He's just had a rough, rough recovery here coming back after his injury. Yeah, that's another name I'm kind of interested to see if, if uh, he decides to go the route of going over to the Saudi league, if they offer him um, a lot more guaranteed money, because uh, like you said, he's struggling to make cuts right now. Uh, and when you do that, you don't really get paid a whole lot. So that'll be interesting to see yet. That could definitely be another name to uh, to watch out for, to be on the move. Yeah. I, I don't, he's such good friends with like Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas and them though, too, that I wonder like, what some of the golfers thoughts like some of the guys that haven't spoke up just because they don't want their name associated with it at all you know right i, I wonder what their thoughts are like if they would think differently of like a like a close friend if they decide to go take that big paycheck play for three years and make way more money than like say justin thomas is going to make in the next four years <laughs> right um yeah that's another interesting like thing to think about though is like how all these guys they intertwine with each other uh like i mean i think i think fowler wants to stay I mean, because at the end of the day, he probably wants to stay close to his family. Now, I know right now they only have four events, but, like, I don't know all the other supporting things that have to go into that. Like, you know, how often they have to go over to Saudi Arabia and, and do stuff and all that. All of those details, like, are still just not public yet, at least. Um, you know, he just had a baby last year. Is that something he really wants to go leave behind? Um, just things to keep thinking about and, and uh, just keep adding more layers into this into the story is there is there a chance if you're DeChambeau 
all of like the jokes like he's kind of like a twitter meme guy with like the 67 par whatever you know like um is there any part of you that says no if you're in his situation when they offer 100 million dollars and right now all that's said is that you have to play in four major events let's just say that they they make him play in 10 total events for the year so that's one every month and you get two months off and during those two months you do a, a complete press tour like I don't think there's one chance of me saying no to $100 million for doing that for four years. Yeah, especially when it, it's so hard to make even remotely close to that and, and prize money and stuff. And Right. Especially with his struggles lately, like he's, he's not up there at the top. Um, so Another yeah. question is, do they get to keep their, like if their sponsorship is willing to go with them to Saudi Golf League, or do they represent them or like, how does that work, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, I mean, that, like you said, that's another layer. Um, they need to figure out. Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, like, with Fowler right now, like, his biggest thing is he's making a lot of sponsorship money. Um, right. He's like a poster child for commercials. Yeah. And, now, granted, I don't think he's making near $100 million or anything like that. But, you know, it's enough no. for him to live comfortably, obviously, and, you know, get to go out and play golf and, and focus on getting better to try and, you know, keep improving his game, keep making more cuts, keep moving up the leaderboard in, in tournaments and stuff. Um so yeah, it's interesting to think if if because I'm I'm sure that the golf league itself is going to be well sponsored. Um, and it'll be interesting oh, yeah. to see if like they they sign with one club company. So now if you go play there, you have to use like X company's club. Like say they mm-hmm. sign with PXG, and PXG is like okay, mm-hmm. but like everybody in the field has to use our clubs now. Um, that that, that I feel like... would be interesting to see how much leveling out that does right well yeah not only that but <clears throat> i mean you think about um like some of these guys who they spent their whole lives basically getting their clubs and, and their sets exactly how they want and and where mm-hmm. they want and now if they go over there they have to completely scrap that and, and i feel like that would probably deter a lot of people but again i, I don't think these are details that are out there so I, yeah i don't know like how the, that does or a lot of these guys would feel about that. Yeah, it's lots of questions need to be left out to everyone. I mean, I'm sure that they already have the answers to this stuff. If you've got people like Bubba Watson and and Lee Westwood and Ian Poulter and Kevin Na announcing that they're they're willing to make that that move, mm-hmm. but right. and nice I, I'm sure those guys. Us. Yeah, I'm sure those guys have the answers. They just they don't want to share yet. Um, but, oh, for sure, you don't make a move like that with all no. the questions. Just, I mean, we've. We've only grazed the surface of the, the simple questions that we would want answered, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but definitely something to keep our eye on. Uh, and we will keep you updated with the news as we get it and we can relay that stuff to you. Uh, other than that, Clay, do you got anything else? No. I think, I think that does just about does it for our Masters review coverage this week. Uh, again, oh, quick. Sorry. Yeah, go Sorry. ahead. Uh, how's the YouTube video coming along? Uh, so part one is up. Um, perfect. I'm perfect. done with part two, uh, so we'll have to go check that out and, and get that up. Yeah. So yeah, please head over there and check out our YouTube, uh, our TikTok. We're doing daily videos, uh, and also our Twitter. Uh, everything is Jack Wagon Sports, I believe. Uh, uh, well, I know Twitter and TikTok are at Jack Wagon Sports. Um, so please head mm-hmm. over there and check that stuff out. We would appreciate it. Um, other than that, I think that's all we got this week. Uh, yep. Everybody have a wonderful weekend. Go enjoy some golf. Uh, I'm going out tomorrow and playing. Uh, 
still waiting for Slade to go out and play some so we can get warmed Let's up get for, it. The, uh, for the big uh, big tournament here in a couple weeks. Uh, but yeah, we got some exciting stuff on the way uh, behind the scenes that we will share with everybody eventually. But in the meantime, uh, everybody have a great weekend, and we will see you guys next week. Yes, sir.